to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. The Star Wars Sessions podcast. Part of the team loves a good Star Wars session. Absolute legends of Star Wars Sessions. This is the way, this is the way. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is when fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hud, and joining me as ever in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, he's the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there, it's Master Blywalker, Luke Bly. How are you, sir? Yes, Matty boy, I am well, I am well up for another week, another episode of the sessions chatting the wars of you it doesn't get better but let me ask how on earth are you master hudson yes and sessions hq is rocking this week it's bouncing i'm doing okay my friend i've been struck down by hay fever and a cold i've kind of got the dregs now so it's kind of going a little bit but um that aside not bad had a good weekend um big brother sean came up listeners will know that name went to nerd base went to nerd base we went to mecca itself it was superb um it's converted my brother it's so honestly nerd base if you can get a chance to go check it out or find them online do so it's what it's the best i say independent but the best geek shop i've been to um so yeah nice little family weekend and then back to the grind today but i want to know how you're doing first right so i had a busy weekend and obviously i had to miss the bad batch recap because it was my third wedding anniversary mate and um mate thank you it was great fun and we actually just went up the road and got an airbnb because you can do self-catering right yep got an airbnb in central london uh surprised the missus and i surprised the missus <laughs> by giving <laughs> her a clue in a card so i wrote this card for her right and i did the nine uh, roman numerals and i circled the uh number two roman classic numeral, love story right? this this is it and i was like and then it, there was an arrow pointing to uh, 5253, I think it was. Yeah, 5253, mm-hmm. written in no Roman numerals as like a stime, uh, as a stime tamp, as a time stamp. <laughs> and, then, time camp. and then I was like, did a listening emblem, like to listen. And like she was struggling with it. She was like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I was like, well, you're going to have to get it, aren't you? <laughs> and um, I was like, well, you get one clue at this time. So I gave him a clue. And it was me just twirling my lightsaber around. And uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and she was like, all right. Oh. And uh, yeah, she fired up the Disney Plus, went to 5253. And it's literally just Django uh, Fett in Attack of the Clones saying, back your things. We're leaving. <laughs> and she was like, back your things. She, she kept watching the TV like, like there was something else coming. <laughs> like it didn't compute. And I went, that's it. She went it. to get her that's best car on. It's like, no, no, you, you missed it. I, I went, I went, that's it. That's your clue. She was like, what? I was like, yeah, we're going away. We're like, we're just going for a few days up to central London. We stayed in like a little Airbnb, did some shopping and ate some banging food. Nice. That was my weekend, matey boy. And it was flipping ace. Went to Forbidden Planet. And do you know what? The missus did get me a carbonized Mandalorian. Like, nice. you know, the brown, goldy one? 
yeah, the yeah. Black Series. I got one of them bad boys for the anniversary. <sighs> so, mate, I am a very fortunate lad. I am in a very good mood. I've eaten some very good food this weekend, and I'm excited to talk Star Wars as ever, as ever, dude. I need to get on. I need to get on on this marriage game if it's going to get me uh, Star Wars figures. So, um, yeah, anyone with <laughs> yeah. a purse, come at me. <laughs> no, great to hear. All, uh, all the best and all the best. To, oh, congratulations to yourself and your lovely wife as well. So it's been it's been busy in and out of sessions HQ. And like yeah. Lukey Boy said, he's on off on his. Well, I told everyone he's on a mission to Camino. Obviously, he didn't go to Camino. He went to Salukamai. Uh, that's why on the Bad Batch Recap episode two, which dropped last week, if you haven't heard it, it's on the Star Wars Sessions podcast feed. I was uh, joined by the king, the legend, Jamie Stangram, to give our spoiler thoughts on the most recent episode of the Bad Batch. So go and check that out now. Uh, well, actually, listen to this first and then go and check it out. But be warned, it is a spoiler-heavy episode and we are going to be dropping our bad batch recaps you know, not long after the episode drops at the end of each week so check those out and we'd love to hear your thoughts on the bad batch but that's not the only thing we've done with jamie this week is it mate no we appeared on a cheeky geek end live stream with jamie stangroom over on his uh the geek end um youtube channel which was great fun we did that monday night yep. and it was quality i was eating fries in between because yep. i'd only milk. just I'd only just got back. Like when I say I made this live stream, like with five minutes spare, it really was five minutes spare. We had to kind of do a last minute errand, uh, both the missus and I. We had to drive to Southend and back quick, so um, it was all very last minute. So yeah, there we go. But I don't regret it. It was great chatting, wasn't it, mate? It's always fun chatting with Jamie. Go check him out with the Geek End G W K N D on. YouTube always good Star Wars chat. I had a blue milk. Luke had some McDonald's. So yeah, Stangroom, <laughs> Stangroom. Yeah. What a king! What a king! So uh, yeah, that's our Jamie Stangroom update of the week. But we've also got some more good news in the shape of some more patrons. Lukey boy, yeah, huge shout out and big up to our latest patron, Darth Java the Hut and Dave hudson who have both joined at the sith lords are our speciality tier what a bunch of sickheads we love you thank you so much guys i said darth's my dark side alter ego java the yeah. hut and dave's my dad <laughs> yeah. so uh thanks dad i hope you enjoy all the content we put out we've got some good stuff coming out this month in the month of may and in every month of may going forward as well plus the other 11 months of the year as well so thank you so much for supporting the show it really means the world to us and it means we can do bigger and better things in the future. So thank you very much for that. And speaking of big things, I can hear the sound of Big Ben Kenobi in the background, mate, which surely just means the one thing. I think, mate, boy, it means it's the Galactic News round, 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 Filming for Star Wars Andor has now begun at Winspit Quarry in East Dorset. Michael B. Jordan has opened up about auditioning for Star Wars The Force Awakens, saying he definitely bombed it. Zack Snyder has said he wouldn't survive doing a Star Wars film due to the lack of creative input he would be given. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who played Gecko the Bounty Hunter for The Mandalorian, and you are listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Mm-hmm. 
Space gave birth to a whole new breed of science fiction space movies, and now there is a sequel called The Empire Strikes Back. Channel 2 News and Tribune critic Gene Siskel has an exclusive preview. Are you excited about seeing the new Star Wars movie? Yeah, I like the first one a lot, and I think the second one will be just as good. I've been waiting all year, and I'm going to be going again. I'll go see it. My kids will go see it, and I'll go with them, and I'll probably sneak in again on my own. I want to see it bad, but I don't know when it's going to come around the Chicago city. Luke Skywalker and Han Solo rescued the princess, destroyed the Death Star, but their story didn't end there. Now, the creators of the biggest smash hit of all time bring you the next episode in the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. The first camper arrived at the Cinerama on University Avenue shortly after noon on Tuesday. By nine at night, the line encompassed several dozen people. The all-night vigil ends Wednesday morning at 11, when these people finally get to buy tickets to the first showing of The Empire Strikes Back. Do you think this is going to be as big as Star Wars? Bigger! Yeah, bigger! 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 And yet a lot of the critics are panning it. Well, what do they know? <laughs> There's simply more in them, more action, more gadgets, more characters, more robots, more special effects, and better special effects. So after suffering three years of Star Wars ripoffs and imitations, May 21st we get the real McCoy, and it's something rare, a sequel that works. mentioned episode two an awful lot we mentioned episode two attack of the clones the bad batch episode two we're also going to be looking at another episode two for this episode but we're going way back when to 1980 for the original episode two if you will the empire strikes back and we've been uh we've been asking each other some the punishing question over the last few days is the empire strikes back the perfect sequel to a lot of people, The Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars film. One of the best films of all time to a lot of people. But is it the perfect sequel is the question that we uh, are going to be perusing tonight. So, Luke, it's a pretty weighty topic to be tackling, isn't it? It really is, Matty Boy. And to help me along the ride, I'm going to need some help from Elvis. Juice. <laughs> oh, brew, brew dog. I'm drinking <laughs> a cheeky brew dog Elvis juice, uh, Elvis juice, which is a grapefruit infused IPA. Um, enjoy that. So big up brew dog. Um, but yeah, it's a weighty subject. Let me have a little sip first. Hang on. Yeah, sip. You, you get the old creative juices flowing with the old Elvis juice in you. Uh, creative juices, courtesy of the Elvis juices. So <laughs> get that on a t-shirt. That's um, it, brew dog. Yeah, we love it. Right, okay, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, a lot of people absolutely adore this film, including mm -hmm. myself, including Matty Boy, including millions of people around the world. Uh, and it's not just like geeks, film geeks or, or Star Wars geeks. You know, we're talking about people who really dissect film 
You know, there, there are many people who appreciate The Empire Strikes Back for what it is. You know, and for many, many, many people, especially a film that came out in 1980 that was made in the 70s, right? Yeah. This is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. This could be considered a masterpiece. And, um, you know, it kind of does beg the question, is this the perfect sequel? Will there ever be a, a, a sequel, a cinematic sequel, like The Empire Strikes Back again? You know, I'm, I, I'm not sure. Um, maybe the closest we got to it was Shrek 2. You know, shout out to Danny Sexton, who <laughs> mentioned that in the comments. I kid you not, the moment I saw that ping up on Instagram, Danny dropped that comment, uh, my missus was like, oh, Shrek 2 was a pretty good sequel. I was like, yes, it is actually. Yeah. And Johnny uh, Olive dropped an even better one when he said Toy Story 2 could could take the place. Toy Story 2 is good as well. Yep. To- which, who, who, who would win in a fight then? Shrek 2 or Toy Story 2? Ooh, you'd think Shrek because he's a big ogre and he's got donkey, but the toys, you know, they, they, they survived being toys and, and, and not allowing the humans to know they were toys. So they've got some ingenuity there. They're, they're clever. Plus, you know, I think they can be vicious. Have, Rex, when have, he goes on one. Have you seen the edit someone's done of the um, Toy Story 3 where they they all die? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. That's so good. And there's really one where, ending. I think there's a video where there's this guy who shows the film to his mum, like, for the first time, and she just, like, breaks down. She's like, that's awful. That's so horrible. <laughs> and it's only, like, two days later they tell her that it's an edited version. It's where all the toys just, like, YouTube it. After this podcast, of course, but they just like, yeah, they just end up melting and it just fades to black and that's it. And that's the credits roll. It's like, oh, right, that's how that's how it ends. It's pretty much Revenge of the Sith when you think about it. Uh, kind of, yeah, except our favorite toys are all being melted down to scrap. It's like Anakin, he kind of got melted down to plastic, right? Yeah, right, right. He's now more machine than man now, yeah. So, the, do you know what? Forget the Empire Strikes Back. We're talking about the the the, the similarities between Revenge <laughs> of the Sith and an edited Toy Story. Toy Story. <laughs> right. So, where do we begin? No, uh, Empire Strikes Back. It, do you know what? I'll, I'll start us off with this, Matty Boy. I think there are parts of the Empire Strikes Back, not all of it, because this is very much a 1980 film. Yeah. There are parts of it that look ten times, hundred times thousand times better than some of the absolute rubbish they put out in the cinema today and i'm talking just about effects right i'm talking just about effects you look at the cgi in some scenes i always think of black panther right there's a fight that black panther's having with the other bloke um, yeah that geezer they're, they're punching each other and yeah they're falling to the ground and the cgi is so bad in this fight it's yeah, so that bad is, that is dreadful people call it's it a so, ps2 cut scene didn't they it's so ropey honestly it's so ropey and when you think of like the luke and yoda scenes and just how polished the empire strikes back is it really is groundbreaking just from that perspective right 1980 you know this is a 40 plus year old film that's crazy, Matt. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So yeah. what, what are your thoughts on this topic? It is a big one because obviously it comes down to horses for courses. It depends on uh, genre fans will always have their favorite sequels out there. I can think of so many sequels now where people have the, is, is this one versus this one? Which one's better than that one? So um, 
There was a lot out there, but Empire, it's not the first sequel, but it came out, like I say, 1980. We had sequels to films prior to that. But what this one did, though, dude, in terms of the story, what it did for, well, for Star Wars, for George, for the franchise, you know, for cinema, you know, A New Hope propelled cinema to places it never thought it could be, go to. And mm. Empire tried to take it a few steps further. Like you mentioned the Dagobah things. You know, Mark Hamill acting opposite a, a hand puppet so convincingly, and that was just a puppet, let alone Mark Hamill. You know, in fact, Yoda probably is better in those scenes than Mark Hamill is for the most part. But um, there's a lot to break down as to what what justifies or what determines a perfect sequel, a good sequel, especially when it comes to like film in general. So for me, I look look for a few things in a sequel. I I always wanted to avoid sequelitis, which to me is when a sequel goes bigger and badder just because it can do. Right. You know, you, 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 the first right. the first film came out did well. Second film and it gets acclaim and it gets applauded. The second film comes out usually has a bigger budget, so the director sometimes gets a bit more carried away of what they can do. You, you lose sight of the story. Uh, does it? How how well does it develop the characters? Do, are we just being told the same story, or are they being pushed to their limits? Again, there's a theme here. You've probably heard a million times about the Empire strikes back but also it's just that is it just recreating the f- previous movie so there's a few things i look for in a sequel to any film and what and it is it's development i want i want to push the story forward i want it to be original in comparison to that first film and i don't want yeah. it to lose sight of that story and for me the empire strikes back it, it ticks the boxes for all of that yes did it go bigger yes it did but did it lose sight of the story absolutely not did it develop the characters yeah. Did it uh, did it add new locations and lore that mattered and major events to push the story forward? Yes, it did. Are yeah. there did the Empire Strikes Back does it does its existence create an issue? Part of in film? Yes, partly as well. But if you're asking about in terms of a perfect sequel, you, I mean mm. there are good sequels and there are sequels that are better than their original films. But what Empire gets right you know, it's what any sequel, any sequel should do, whether it's Shrek, Toy Story, whether it's Terminator, Aliens, all the classics people talk about, you can't lose sight of your story. You cannot lose sight of the heartbeat of what made the first film so good. And Empire, to me, mate, that's what Empire gets right the yeah. most. And I know we're going to touch on other aspects, but to me, in in what in our argument of what could be the perfect sequel, it's the characters, dude. George yeah. and Irvin yeah. and everyone else yeah. never lost sight that the characters were the heartbeat of the story dude because it's 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 a dark film really isn't it and yeah. it's it is kind of depressing when you when you simplify the plot it is kind of dark and depressing but it's still very grounded you still have tons of fun the humor in it is absolutely brilliant it's on <laughs> point and still and it's still funny today right it's it, and that is a skill that is a huge skill uh, to have in a film again 1980 people this film came out in 1980 um and even even with the ending you know like the empire strikes back has a kind of again it's a depressing ending and you're like right is that it like they just lose mm-hmm. that's what happens <laughs> but it's still fun and it still has optimism written all over it and matty boy you know it does come down to that magic word it does come down to the execution right Mm. 
I'm going to have it, right? I'm, I'm going to have this as well. I was wondering where that bad boy was. Let me have another Here drink. Is. There we go. I got so carried away by myself having a drink that I forgot to sound the horn. There we go. Sound the horn. Um, but, yeah, oh, go on then. I'll have another one. Right, I'll have another one. Who's going to get Blano slowly hammered by just keeping Yeah, I know. Right, Arley, give me another beer. Um, <laughs> it's it's funny, really, because this film it, it is so much fun. It is so mm. there's so much mythology. There's fantasy. It's it carried on similar beats from the original film, right? Uh, just familiar things that it didn't necessarily have to do. And I'm talking about uh, aesthetic things, yeah, like camera angles, light speed. You know, these are all things that a filmmaker could have said, well, we've seen all of that, so we don't really need to see much of it. But no, it still felt very familiar. Um, but we were still getting tons of new stuff. When you think, and I always remember speaking to our boy, Matt Paveley about this. Um, you know, he saw The Empire Strikes Back in the cinema. And, and we're very much talking about this film from the perspective of people that grew up in a completely g- different generation, right? You and I, Matt, you know, we weren't around during the Empire Strikes Back. No. So it is kind of like a retrospective in a way. Um, but anyway, so Matt Paveley always says like when, when people think of like Yoda or when, when people are like, right, Luke needs to go find this Jedi Knight called Yoda. They would, Yoda was just so unexpected, this tiny little green man yeah, man. who just seems absolutely off his rocker. What? He's a Jedi Knight. It's, it's unexpected, you yeah. know, and these are all things. And there's the obvious other plot twist. These are all things we take for granted now, but at the time they were really unexpected, really new, really fresh while still simultaneously being you know, firmly in this in this weird and wonderful galaxy far, far away. Yeah. It's it's that subversion which also helps people. I mean, obviously, Ryan spoke about that a lot with The Last Jedi, but for the reason you mentioned, do you think he's going to meet this great Jedi, this great warrior on this yeah. planet? You think it's going to, you think some, some geezer's going to rock up swinging his lightsaber about? No, it's, it's this diminutive, small little green thing who... Yep. Like when we first meet him, like yeah, like you said, he's clearly a few sandwiches short of a picnic. Um, at the end, Luke versus Vader. You know, Luke's going to win this. Luke blew up the Death Star. He's got this in the bag, uh, or at least he's going to come out unscathed. Nope, he gets he gets a hand to him. He gets his arm lopped off. Oh, and just by the way, no, I am your father. Oh, great! Everything I thought I knew before what Obi Wan told me from my life, from everything before that moment, is now <laughs> has now almost been a lie. Also, I've only got one hand. There's, there's that. Han Solo's being taken. You know, the good guys is Han Solo, man. He swaggered on in the, in the cantina in episode four. Sorry about the mess. You know, he's, yeah. and he saved the day at the end of episode four. Now yeah. he's, he's a glorified like wall decoration as we find out he's going to, he's been, uh, yeah. so, uh, and we meet Lando. We think Lando's going to be the good guy. No, Lando is acting in his own self-interest and sells them out to be fair. I would have done too if Vader if Vader rocks up to Brentwood and says, "Look, mate, I need you to. I, you can't record sessions tonight be, uh, for this reason or other." Oh, okay, yeah, whatever. Luke can do it by himself. Vader's going to cut my head off. Um, yeah, there's a lot of subversion now. Nobody really wins in this. Obviously, it starts off at the Battle of Hoth. The bad guy, the the bad guys, obliterate the rebels. So everything you saw in the first film has now been turned on its head in the second film, and. It, that's another massive tick in the box as to why this film works so well as it does. 
And just by having the good guys losing doesn't make it a good sequel. It's the manner in which they do it. It's how it happens. It's our connection to the characters. And of course, with that big, big old twist at the end, you know, that it's that personal side of it as well. It's what does it set up going forward? What is, how does it impact the characters, man? And I'm just, just the more I think about it, the more, I mean, we know that George was riding by the seat of his pants for a lot, a long time. There was uh, a few drafts of the Empire Strikes Back before they settled on the one we got. Luke Vader wasn't always Luke's father. You know, thank the maker that that came to be because it ended up elevating this film. The film's great as it is, but it's a moment like that which absolutely elevates this film. So a lot of Star Wars was saved in the edit. A lot of it was saved in the draft as well. But um, yeah. yeah, having the having yeah. the good guys losing doesn't make it a good doesn't make it a good film. And that's one of the issues I have that the Empire Strikes Back has created is that um, it's it solidifies the middle chapter issue. That now we know, like with the Last Jedi, which didn't really, didn't really kind of have that, or, or even like Attack of the Clones, or any middle uh, film in a trilogy, is it now kind of follows this pattern where good guys win the first film, the bad guys usually triumph or at least deal a major blow in the second film, and then by the time we get to the third film, the good guys win. So it's kind of yeah. set up that verse chorus verse type thing there. But in the case of Empire, but that's not Empire's fault. That's other screenwriters looking at this and thinking, do you know what? They did this so well. How can we even attempt to replicate this? That's it. It, it really did set the bar for, for the middle films. And I don't know, I suppose, again, it, it's that Attack of the Clones and The Last Jedi just haven't got what Empire has, it, it, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It, they just don't. And obviously there are people that adore both of those films and probably think they're better than Empire. But I think when, when it comes to how well and widely received this this Empire Strikes Back is, you know, it, it truly is just in a different league to the others. Uh, and I do think it, it is the magical E word. You know, the execution is better. I just do. I think. I'll give you an example, man, but I did just have a drink. I just downed that quickly. Glad. Bang. I had a quick thought um, as well. Right. You know what? It's even when you think about it, like the new characters, for example, right? The new characters, let's look at Attack of the Clones or The Last Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. Rose Tico, DJ, and a few other characters in The Last Jedi, right? It, it, that, I just don't think they're as loved or, in, in a lot of ways, in my opinion, not as lovable as someone like Lando or Boba Fett or Yoda, right? And that's the comparisons we're talking about. And it's hard and maybe it is unfair, but these are both middle chapters and you know empire's new characters they are seamless but also they're so well done they're so well done matt they're so well and and you just you believe it you instantly believe oh yeah these characters they've been here for a while you feel it you feel it you know that's just one example i think that the empire just smashes it in yeah i'm The point, I, I, I can see the point. I see the point. Um, I'd like to think that if, let's use Rose as an example, I'd like to think that if she'd actually been in The Rise of Skywalker in any kind of capacity, that we would, that people would have looked back and thought, oh, do you know what? She was a good character, actually. They set her up in eight. You know, they gave her stuff to do, but they paid it off in nine. Because in, in episode five, we meet Lando. Hello, what have we here? And it turns out that he double-crosses the rebels and because of him, Han gets taken. And, you yeah. know, they don't really like him. But then come Return of the Jedi, 
you know, Lando becomes the Lando that we know and love. He's a hero again. So yeah. he had, I mean, it taken it as uh, film by film. I mean, Lando was just well written in episode five, but he was also, he was a scallywag, wasn't he? So he was a well written scallywag. And I think it's worth noting as well that Mm. it's not, this isn't new information. This is something everyone always says, but in 1980, this, this film wasn't well received, was it mate? So we're talking about perfect sequels back in the day. It wasn't seen as that. It was kind of seen as a load of old tosh by a lot of people. It was mixed, right? Because there are lots of Star Wars fans that adored it. There are critics that liked it or loved it. Yeah. And then there was a lot of critics that di- didn't like it. And it's it's hard and it's it really is difficult to know what stuff was because we live in the internet age and it, it's yeah. almost like a given to be like, well, I should have access to that information. That is because we live in the age of the internet. We are, we're, we're like hardwired to, to Google stuff and to have instant information and gratification. But yeah. obviously it, it's kind of harder to, to do that with things that are from what, what in reality is long ago right but we get a better idea with stuff like the prequels phantom menace we got the early days of the internet but even then it's probably not quite as democratic democratic because you know not everyone was using the internet yep. right not everyone like it was a minority really going on forums and talking about phantom menace nowadays everyone and their aunt has an opinion on something especially star wars um and so yeah he's he's kind of a it's almost an unfair comparison, but Empire Strikes Back was not received like, oh yeah, this is the perfect film. It just wasn't like any film. People have learned to appreciate that. But just going back to the characters and stuff, you know, it's like for me personally, and I feel that some people will agree with this and there'll be probably some people being like, shut up, Luke, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And I, I think fair enough. It's some of the lines in The Last Jedi. It really is just some things just need to be toned down a smidge because I do, I feel like there is almost a contender for Empire in there. Yeah. Right. In that film, there is a contender for Empire. But for me personally, it is, it's tainted by bad lines or cheesy lines. Like, whose idea, Matty Boy, was it to give DJ a stutter that, that really only sometimes happens? Um, I think that was a Del Toro-ism. Yeah. Who was saying, like, why didn't someone just say, no, nah, mate? Nah. Yeah, drop it. <laughs> like, I get quirky, what, I, I get, guess. I get Not it. to call us after quirky for, for anyone, just for clarification, but that was clearly meant to be a quirk of that character. No, it. We, yeah, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. It's meant to be like a memorable thing. And that's, and that's, where you have to ask yourself, is that for the better of the film or is that Del Toro just trying to be maybe a bit of a, like in football, right? A bit of a bull hog. He's, he's showboating a little bit because he's like, well, my character needs to stand out a little bit. Can't just be, no, mate, shut up. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> that's, it's a small Rainy. thing. It's a small thing, but it really does bug me because it's unnecessary. It's not necessary. And it takes me out the film a little bit. Same with Rose. Some of her lines I don't gel with as much as other back. people. But I know I know you enjoy it, right? So that's that's of a course, yeah. that's a testament to 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 the writing, I suppose. But um yeah, just with like the humor and stuff, it just Empire just seems to nail a lot of things. And dynamics as well, right? And this is something that I do think is very it is especially magical in 
Empire Strikes Back. This this weird chemistry between Mark Harrison and Carrie as they're performing. You know, it's yeah. it just feels like they're having a lot of fun. It feels like they actually do believe what they're doing. Like the the roles they're playing are important, and they're like, yeah, and I know it, I feel it. It, it it's weird, and that's maybe even contrary to how um, they would feel on some days. But that's the point of acting. That is the whole point of it. But the, the the dynamic between all those characters, man, is so it's very special. And I, I think in Empire Strikes Back, once again, it's it's only amplified. You know, I think the W word is one of the best words to use. Weird. Because this mm-hmm. film is weird in comparison to A New Hope. A New Hope is very much your, your start, middle, and end is the hero's journey in one film. And yeah. this film, again, it, it gets, obviously you think Dagobah as well, it, it gets weirder. You know, you've got, because you've got Luke talking to this sort of like battered frog about mm. the force and what it, what it all is and uh, just some of like the visuals that we get are, you know, just it's such a step up from A New Hope in in that sense but uh and that's why it felt different as well because it, it wasn't a just wasn't a a straight up lift of the first film right and a lot of that is due to the performances like you say the, the the characters have grown into their roles they've had that one film to get used to it okay maybe they thought it was a one and done hold on i made a lot of money george is making another one right we're in and we've also seen how how much people have uh, taken to this star wars when it came out in 77 was huge it didn't it didn't it wasn't a slow burner like the empire seemed to be star wars was massive and we all know what people like harrison thinks about it now and he probably thought about it then but he was also an actor on the rise so appearing in the sequel to a, the biggest film of all time you know he's of course he's going to put his neck into it and you, you could tell everyone's yeah. having a lot of fun in yeah. this film and it does get weird obviously <laughs> luke and leia as well but um but it works yeah. <laughs> in terms of the entire star Wars movie canon. The, 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 the second films all have something in common. So they don't have a super weapon and they, and this is why they feel refreshing. Yeah. Clones gets a bad rap. It, yeah. It's not the best film, but there isn't a super weapon in it. Yeah. Okay. At the end, they, they show the hologram of the death star, the last Jedi. So true. You haven't got a super weapon in it. Empire strikes back. You definitely haven't got a super weapon in it. Um, whereas, um, to be fair, neither does Revenge of the Sith. That's just got a super plot with all of sixty six. But yeah, they could have easily so well done, done that. Yeah, yeah they he- could have easily done that in Episode Five. They could have been like, right, we had a Death Star, it got blown up. So what could, what should the threat be? Let's have a bigger Death Star. But no, the threat itself was the situation these characters face them in the perilous situation of the rebels as the Empire closed its fist on them. The, the threat so true. was Vader's relationship to Luke and, and all this guy and, and all of this and, and Luke's feelings towards his friends, jeopardizing, putting uh, at risk him himself yeah. and his training. So, and it's, th- that is why, that is why another reason, another tick as to why this film is just so perfect in that sense is that they didn't just take a new hope and think, Oh, no, we'll, we'll just retool it. They continued the story without, without rehashing the same old beats. And they made it such a personal story. And for your point, yeah, without those performances and the chemistry, dude, it's it just doesn't work, does it? It's, do you know what? Spot on, mate. And even just talking about super weapons, that's something that I think the prequels handled so well. You know, because even with 
Phantom Menace, you know, there's such a similarity to A New Hope, uh, uh, particularly with the ending with the Naboo Starfighter, swap that out for an X-Wing, right? Blowing up the Central Command ship, swap that out for a Death Star. It may not have been a Death Star, but it needs to be blown up, didn't it? But it needed to be blown up. But the, 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 the truth is it wasn't a Death Star and there wasn't a line delivered saying it's a bigger Death Star. (laughs) And that's my biggest gripe. One of my biggest gripes with the Force Awakens. It didn't need that. It didn't need a planet killing thing, right? The Force, the First Order just didn't need that. And there was a different way to go about it. I'm, I'm confident of that. And then right so Skywalker goes along and flipping <laughs> times is everything by a million. Like what's right guys. Listen, we need a fret. We need a fret. What can we do? Oh, I don't know. Flipping oh, blimey. Right. Jeff, what do you think? Oh, I don't know. What can we do? Right. Okay. Shut up. Like, That's not enough. Like, Bernie, Bernie, what are we doing? Uh, flipping i don't know uh loads of stars the star destroyers every single one can blow a planet up right get uh, that done now and get I'm sure that they reference that in the film i can't remember i'm sure they go i'm sure he says uh he's got you know they've all got planet killing capabilities and i'm sure someone says oh of course they do not like like obviously you know how do we not see this type of thing but it felt quite self-aware as well but yeah that that, no, that is right you're Dross, right just baiting aside self-aware comet and like the one in the force awakens it's a bigger death star don't just just don't do those no i'm not kick those out of the draft not a fan and again the the empire strikes back doesn't do that it doesn't lean toward you know just relying on super killer weapon it 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 just doesn't do anything like that it's a lot more character driven and the 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 threat is darth vader the threat are the baddies it is this pursuit of the the goodies you know this hunt for for good and that's it it's simple but it it is how they handle that is is excellent is it is excellent and there's no two ways about it and i think that again the last jedi was kind of going for this yeah it was going for that but I just did. I, it just for me, it just didn't quite. I can see what it's doing. I can see it. I can see it, but it just didn't quite know what Empire did. But that's saying something because Empire is so special. And I think that's the point I'm trying to say here is that it's not that all the others are rubbish. No, the others are good. It's just that this really, really is a standout film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah I suppose that's my point. No. And a point well made, my friend. And he also mentioned our leather-clad, beefy boy, Vader. In the first mm. film, Vader's cool. In this film, Vader gets taken up a notch, and now Vader is... This is this is a Vader people remember. You know I mean? People remember Darth Vader. Obviously, the entrance in A New Hope or Star Wars for the purists, when he walks through, it's like, who's this guy? Wow. Um, and when he's choking the uh, uh, Captain Antilles on the Tanta V4 and that, but... In this film, yeah. you know, he's he's choking people from across the air, across the waves. He's uh, obviously the scene at the end. I am your father. We get to see him in a, a to, to me, much better lightsaber duel in this film as well. Vader's just taken up a notch as well, and he's he's more imposing, and his threat becomes more of a reality as well, and what he can do, and how the other uh, characters interact with him. I mentioned Lando. Lando was happy to help the rebels out. As soon as Vader yep. gets involved or even gets a sniff of this, oh no, he's 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 saving himself because he knows what Vader's going to do. Um, yeah, at the end, yep. Luke knows the threat of Vader. Everybody does. So, 
they took the villain from the first film and made him bit bigger and better. And I said at the top, that doesn't always work. It works well when they put the effort in to craft it out. Same with the lightsaber duel as well. They gave us another climactic lightsaber duel, even though the first film was like two thirds of the way through. But they made it better. It was better mm. choreographed. The stakes were there. It was shot differently. It's lit differently. The setting was different. Everything was different about it. Um, so things like Vader, they took him and made him bigger. The lightsaber combat was better, and we got to uh, and we got to meet the Emperor as well in this film. So they managed to take, they managed to add another threat, like another carrot to the storyline. So, and also we got to see Vader without his helmet on or the back of it anyway. So they also set yeah. up a lot of things <laughs> for that next installment. By this time, George knew there was going to be another installment of, of, of the, um, of the star Wars. So we started sprinkling little things like let's introduce the emperor. Let's mention this. Let's have the, let's set this up. I mean, the ending itself, this is as a standalone film. Oh, oh man. It's like infinity war. Like the, the bad guys win. It's part of a trilogy is the ultimate setup for the third film for return of the Jedi to pick up the, the bass on the gauntlet and, and run with it. So again, we're talking about perfect sequels. Uh, if as, as part of a trilogy, yes, it is because it sets up so much for the third, third film. Uh, if this was a standalone, obviously I don't think people would look at it as the perfect sequel, uh, storytelling wise only because it would be such a curveball to have the bad guys win and, you know, and good get completely crushed almost. But, I think I, th- I think in that sense that what it sets up and what it uh, how it expands on those characters and that lore that we know, yeah. Dude, I think again it's it's another feather in the in the cap. Is there, is there, any, is there anything in it that you think? Hmm. Do you know what that 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 might hold it back from being the perfect sequel, or don't, yeah. don't, that that could have been taken out to give it the title? Well, Matty boy, this is where I'm going to refer back to our rankings episode, Ooh, which is yes. which is great fun because what we did is we consciously like measured and quantified our favorite Star Wars films, yeah. and, and and we measured it, which is a very uh, mathematical and scientific approach to to the whole process. It's great, and 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 this is the thing, right? Is my my head um, says that Empire Strikes Back is is my favorite Star Wars film. Yeah. Now my, or, or yeah, it's my favorite of the original trilogy, but then my heart says return of the Jedi. And that's something that I tell a lot of people yep. is because this film is, is flawless in a lot of ways. And it does quite easily outrank many, many, many films, modern and old. However, for me, Mayboy, it does sometimes suffer with pacing it does sometimes suffer with making me feel real good. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> and I think that's partly, that's partly because my favorite scene from the film is Luke and Yoda and, yeah. and that spiritual side of, of that, that whole discussion between the two. Now, everything after that to me personally, just doesn't, doesn't quite eclipse the Yoda and Luke stuff, you know? So everything else just seems like part B, like it's the other side of the vinyl. It's the other side of the yeah. album. Yeah. So it's, it, and, and maybe that's not a, ta- a, a popular take. I don't know. I'd be really interested to see if anybody else uh, agrees with that because I'm not saying the other stuff is rubbish. You know, this is a very, very strong film, 
But what I like about Return of the Jedi, right, just just for, for argument's sake, just as a caveat, is that it does end on this huge high that feels so earned and so like you've just you've done this whole journey and that's the ending. And dude, if that ain't a near perfect ending, I don't know what is. The lead up to that is a bit wobbly for a lot of people, but for me, it just doesn't feel like that. I love Return of the Jedi. And so that's probably my biggest criticism to it. And it's a far-fetched one, yeah? I'm having to, I'm really having to try to explain, <laughs> which again is probably a testament to The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, what do you think, my boy? Am I crazy? Do you have no, any you're thoughts, crazy any, anyway. any criticisms yourself? No, I think it comes down to, it always, like film, it's subjective. It all comes down to personal choice for the reasons you've just said that, you you could acknowledge how good this film is, but you yourself might need something more. Like for me, Rogue One topped mine because it gave me gave me what I needed. Do I think it's a better film? Do I think it's do I think it stands in the cinematic pantheon ahead of Empire? No, there's a reason why Empire Strikes Back is studied among amongst film scholars and film schools and universities for a lot of the reasons we've said and that everybody else has spoken about for the last thirty odd years, forty odd years. Sorry. Um, but sometimes you need something different. But Empire Man, it came second for me because it almost gives me everything. There's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with the Empire Strikes Back. Like you said, pacing issues maybe, but even Mm, now that doesn't bother me mm, because it moves at its own pace. Empire, Irving Kirshner crafted this so well. Yeah, And I did a Patreon show, patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions, recently yep, where I asked the question, <laughs> it wasn't clickbait, but does George Lucas get too much credit for Star Wars? When really, what I meant was, why aren't we celebrating the other people involved and uh, in Star Wars, like Irving Kirshner was just one of them. There was about 15 others. But Irving Kirshner was one of them. Uh, he directed this film, and he, a lot of this film was based on his vision for it. George wrote the story and, and his treatment for it, but Irving direct he brought it to life alongside the cinematographers and everybody else and everyone on set and George, of course. Um, but what what Irving did was he just created something really, really quite special. Yeah. And he yeah. made every every character was made better. And the other person we who always gets uh credit, but still to me, can never get too much is the score that John Williams provided. Yoda's theme, like the right. asteroid chase, the asteroid field. Just everything about the score in this works. We know John Williams could make magic with that little conductor stick of his, but everything collaborates and combines. Conductor <laughs> stick. What that stick yeah. thing's called? Uh, every, it's a wand. Every, yeah, that wand. Yes, it's wand. Yeah, everything just c- combines to create something magical. And again, it didn't take long for revisionists to realise that this film was actually great. But for me, the reasons why. Uh, it's potentially is the perfect signal signal sequel is because it gave us, it added those stakes. It wasn't just the, the good guys get in the situation, but they win in the end. No, there's situation, there's consequences, there's ramifications. The empire isn't that rulers of the galaxy for no reason. It developed the characters. It pushed them to their limits and put, pushed them in new directions. They split them up and gave them new uh, direction added new locations, new lore, new major events, new spoilers, uh, plot twists and that. It yeah. pushed the story further. It didn't recreate the previous film. So to me, you know, you've, you've got all these other films, like, like I mentioned, Alien, Aliens, Terminator, Terminator 2. There's 
uh, there's like one other sequel I can think of, which is as perfect as this. It's a film called Before Sunset. It could be one of the, it's one of my top 15, 20 of all time for the reasons I've just mentioned. It's just perfect. Mm. But for a film like Empire to take what Star Wars built on, which Star Wars A New Hope was a standalone film by all intents and purposes. It's a standalone film. We've got a start, a middle and an end. For George and Irving and everyone else to look at that and create a story off of that and not just create a story, but build upon it, which then led to Return of the Jedi and what came after. Bro, it, yeah. it, it, it's magnificent, yeah. isn't it? It's it really special. is. It's so special. It's so, so special. And what's amazing is we get to soak it all up and watch it on repeat on Disney Plus if we want. We got exactly, all the extras mate. and we have you know, all these 10 other beautifully crafted films to go alongside it, just to add to that universe. Because I always say this, Matty boy, you know, I, I really love the dark Knight, And I think the dark yep. Knight is an, is a incredibly strong sequel. It's a good show. And, and on paper, it, I, I think it's probably quite comparable to star Wars because it's popular culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but I don't know. It just doesn't. It's the universe. I love the Star Wars universe. And I'm sure all of our listeners probably agree. If you're listening to a Star Wars podcast, you too probably like the Star Wars universe. And I don't know. Empire is just one of those big reasons for that. And, you know, when we, we take it all for granted, but this was the first sequel to the yeah. most successful film of all time. This was a big deal. And there was a huge huge task ahead for the team here you know and w- you've mentioned so many you know vital people uh matty boy but you know george lucas set into place this story he hit the beats okay he's not great with dialogue all the time he's not great at a lot of things but this he nails yeah. he nails this he nails it and it's the teamwork the collaboration with everyone You've got something magic. And that is what The Empire Strikes Back is. It's just pure cinematic magic. Luke, is The Empire Strikes Back the perfect sequel? Pro- like like our tagline, Matty Boy, probably. <laughs> I can't argue with that, mate. <laughs> Hi, this is Alex Damon from Star Wars Explained, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions. Probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Now, any Star Wars conversation, especially around the OT, uh, usually means we need to have a go and have a little drinky poos to calm our nerves or to celebrate in Star Wars. So we're going to do exactly the same this week as we do every week because we parked up outside our favourite drinking hole, the Bantina. Luke, shall we? Oh, let's do it, mate. Let's have it. <laughs> Uh, for those new or old to the show, each week we sit here in the Bantina with you guys, the greatest listeners in the galaxy. We have a couple of Kef beers and we get your thoughts on our main discussion. So, do you think The Empire Strikes Back is the perfect sequel? Oh man, Matty boy, we got some crazy good replies on this. Once again, it's a very popular topic and there are a lot of good opinions to get through and to open us up is our boy, the King of Wales, it's Luke Summerfield. Let's hear this lovely voice. Hello, what have we here? 
Much like The Last Jedi, the immediate reaction to Empire was not all great. With the heroes taking a loss, fans not believing Vader's reveal, Han's fate and Yoda's other last hope. Let's not forget the hype for Boba Fett, who basically became the Knights of the Ren of the original trilogy. Imagine the reaction today to the way Han is forcing himself on Leia. Also the love triangle between Luke, Han and Leia. Did this lead to George making Return of the Jedi into more of a family adventure, much like The Rise of Skywalker is? But all this aside, Empire is a fantastical, brave, pragmatic take that blends perfectly with mystical space adventures. And remember, Yoda loves a good Dagobah session. Help you again? Yes! <laughs> yes, Yoda does. Yoda loves it. I've heard Yoda loves Anandos. Uh, he does, isn't he? he uh, they are few and far between on Dagobah, but when you can get one, well worth it. Uber Eats, isn't it, mate? <laughs> that Uber. massive snake in the water just throws it, spits it out at you. Uber Eats. I love when Uber Eats comes through with the 50% off discount. Oh, I can't Luke loves it. a bargain. I do love it. I tell you what, Matty boy, as I said at the start of the weekend, I w- we were up London, got the train up there and everything, and we were darting around loads of bits of central London, you know, shopping and eating and all this other boring stuff and brilliant stuff all at the same time. <laughs> Uber... 50% off all of my rides up there. It was mental. The timing couldn't have been more perfect. So, love yes, a bargain. There's you saying to the missus, oh, you know, don't worry about me just flexing my financial muscles all the That's while. It. Quick for 50% off. Don't tell the missus. Trust I love me, it. Mate. <laughs> perfect, me. mate. I'm Perfectly all about mate. the bargains, and I know Yoda loves it, but that's a great way to kick off the from Mr. Summerfield in it, Matty Boy. Mate, some great points in there. Some great counterpoints as well. Uh, mm, in there mm, so uh, Lukey Boys brings the spice so uh, something to chew on and I forgot all about Boba Fett so yeah nice one for reminding us there Lukey boy uh, moving on to the written uh, response we've got one from Nicola Raymond who's a legend he said I mean it's pretty much at the top when it comes to sequels 100% uh, Nigel YC said perfect sequel perfect movie and Paul Mulholland said thank the maker this was a sequel they made and not Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Uh, agreed. Interesting take. Interesting take. We love it. Thank you, especially you, Paul. Uh, nice comment. Uh, celebrating Star Wars said it is absolutely, it absolutely is. Sorry, mucked up that intro there. Uh, furthermore, it would have been a huge relief also, considering that a lot of people tuned in to watch the holiday special, thinking that that was a sequel. <laughs> then the first teaser trailer for The Empire Strikes Back was made up of just concept art. I'm sure lots of people were thinking it was going to be an animated movie. To quote C-3PO, wonderful. Oh, we love it. What a great comment. Uh, Sharp Podcast said, yep, full stop. We love it. And Dimsky, the Belgian Bond, said, does a tauntaun smell bad on the inside? Well. Yes, it does. Maybe. Maybe. Depends. It depends what he's eating, I suppose. Uh, true, that's true. They mean, I, know, I thought I smelled bad on the outside, so who knows, mm. mate? Uh, yeah, thank you for that. And we also got a another voice message. This one's coming from across the channel from our French buddy Ray. So let's hear this one. 
Hi guys, hello from France. This is Frey from the Twitter account at Solanary1. I think The Empire Strikes Back is a great sequel for many reasons. This movie had the burden of being the sequel to the most popular movie of its time. The pressure was huge, but they didn't choose the easy way. They didn't copy the previous movie. Instead, they chose to expand the universe, use only new environments and planets, add philosophy to their concept and end on a bittersweet note. Moreover, Return of the Jedi wraps up most of the characters' arcs perfectly, especially for Darth Vader and Luke, which makes the story told in The Empire Strikes Back even more relevant. Thanks guys, love your podcast, see you. What a man, what a voice, and some great points there, Ray, thank you so much. So good. Oh, it was just so good. <laughs> How was for you, Ray, mate? It's such a pleasure hearing voice notes as well with uh, with different accents from different parts of the world. It's lovely, you know. It really is nice. Just a little side comment there, but no, great, great message there, Ray. Thank you. Yeah. If you want to go and check out all of the other comments that we didn't get around to including this week, and if you did send one into our socials, thank you so much. We appreciate all of them. But head on over to our socials. We'll give the links out later on. We got uh, a smorgasbord of wonderful comments from people on this subject. So go check those out uh, if you want to find out more about what our listeners think about the Empire Strikes Back being the perfect sequel. For extra content, go to patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. You know it's going to be so good. Best podcast. Best podcast. Yes, that's right. It's the spiciest part of the band, Tina. It's the Patreon question section. And this week... We got some crazy cool questions. And Matty Boy, we're going to start with Scott Fishers, uh, who asks this. Um, been re-watching the final season of The Clone Wars in preparation for The Bad Batch and seeing Order 66 being issued segment in the bridge of the uh, Venator had me thinking. What do you lads think the long-term effects the control sh- the control chip has on clone troopers? As we saw, Rex's pre-removal could somewhat fight his programming for a little before shooting Ahsoka. So it's not like pre-Disney canon where clones just followed Order 66 as just any other order. And as we saw with with Tup in the Lost episodes, basically broke down after being told he killed a Jedi. So what do these chips do in the long term? Do they rewrite a clone's memory? Or memories of them fighting alongside Jedi as one of them, um, as one more of them being used uh, and seen as expendable? Or now do they simply just hate Jedi? And will they be happy with the decision to take the Jedi out or have mental breakdowns like Tup did? What are your guys' thoughts? That's a really interesting question there from Scott. Uh, Matty Boy, Order 66, Clone Troopers, Chips, what are you saying, mate? That's a great question there, Scott. Scott loves a clone trooper. Go check him out. Um, it's a really interesting one. I, I'd imagine if the clones are able to uh, break free of the chips, then they would suffer extreme remorse and PTSD, firstly because of the war, but also for their part in the extermination of the Jedi. We saw from Rex, who, for for the briefest time, was part of Order 66 before Ahsoka 
um, knocked him on the loaf and took his chip out. But he went, then went back to being Rex. We've seen uh, Gregor and Wolf. We don't know if they participated in Order 66. I don't know, actually. But we, when, when we saw them on the planet in Rebels, they, they were fine again. Do you know what I mean? They weren't. Yeah. Um, yeah. They didn't seem to have any long-term effects apart from one of them. I think his wolf was a bit mad. But um, if the chips retain control of the clones' free will, I don't think there'll be any. I don't think there'll be none the wiser. We've seen in the Bad Batch so far, uh, certainly in episode one, when Palps is given the speech that we see in Revenge of the Sith. You know, the first Galactic Empire. The clones are loving it. Yes, they're screaming. They they've been they've been brainwashed. They don't. Yes. They, their individuality is gone. They don't know, you know, again, so as soon as that order was given, it was almost like their mind was wiped and it was replaced by this new one. So if the chip continues to take a hold or is um, active, then I, I, I don't see them having any issue. I just think they continue living with a new memory as such uh, without any kind of remorse. But if the chip uh, failed or, or it was taken out, then yeah, I think I think they'd have a bit of everything that you said, Scott, mate. I think uh, they'd have, I don't, they'd be like Tup, who you know, kind of who broke down. They'd also have PTSD of the war, you know that. And like Rex said, we were we were brought into this galaxy for one thing, war. But without the war, we wouldn't exist. But because of the war, a lot of their friends were killed, the, the brothers and also the Jedi. So it's a really interesting question to ponder, and maybe the bad battle we'll touch upon it in some way but what do you think Lukey boy yeah see it's a good one mate and I think you've hit the nail on the head I don't think they know they don't realise because they have been programmed right they've been programmed to destroy something that they've been told is evil it's ingrained into their heads and when something is ingrained you know it, 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 they, they, they believe that they're 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 doing justice. They're doing what's right. They're following orders. Oh. Good soldiers follow orders. Yes. Yeah. That's it. So therefore, they are doing good. That's it. And I think that's where the line is drawn. With people like Rex, it it is a little bit of a conundrum. But the show implies that Rex is a special clone. Yeah. He's not like the others. Maybe he is slightly mutated. Maybe he just has a, a wee bit more personality than a lot of the other clones. Yep. And I think you can back that up and almost justify that with uh, Rex's decisions later down in, in the canon in Star Wars Rebels. You know, what we're going to see in Bad Batch. And maybe this is something that we see a bit more in the Bad Batch with Rex's appearance. Um, so it's a, it's a great question there, Scott. Very good question. But I do think it comes down to the fact that, that the clones are almost, almost like droids. They, they're none the wiser. They think they're doing a good job. It's an interesting way of putting it, mate. Uh, each week we, uh, we want to hear your answers to these questions as well, everyone out there listening. Mm-hmm. So the clones, the chips, how does it affect them one way or another? We'd love to hear your thoughts there. Uh, on that and Scott that's a yeah. great question so thank you for that mate um, next one came from uh, a, a local boy huh? George Constantino who said will we see any planets demolished in the Bad Batch could it be a good way to explain the lack of Camino after the prequels Luke planets demolished where's Camino going Man, it, it's a great question and I believe we 
had something like this come up on our live stream with Jamie Stangroom over on the yep. Geek YouTube channel. Um, now, is there enough... Well, we know the Death Star isn't ready yet, right? Yep. So the fact that the Death Star isn't ready implies that that, that, that planet-killing technology isn't there yet. We have to wait for Rogue One to see that happen. And that's kind of what makes it such a big deal is because it's a first. It is revolutionary in, in, in war um, technology, military technology. The Death Star's a big deal. Um, so I think that's kind of like a, a, a canonical kind of answer to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also when you think about it, like Camino isn't huge. It's not a city planet. Most of it is water by a long shot. To me, it seems like that's a lot of wasted resources on what could probably be destroyed with heavy combat, with like yeah. a with like a air raid. Do you know what I mean? Like with a little bit of a ground ground assault or air raid, bit of a ground assault, and then just destroy all the buildings. You've pretty you've almost pretty much destroyed the whole planet. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, that's what I think, mate. Boy. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you there, mate. I don't think we're going to see any uh, planet-killing capabilities or technology in the Bad Batch. I think it's too early for that. But you, but like you said, there are other ways to destroy a planet, necessarily. It doesn't have to be actual obliteration. They can just level the, um, I think it's Topoka City, I think they call it, uh, that area of Camino. Mm-hmm. You could just level that. Just, just send it into the right. sea, and it's gone. You know what I mean? Or, or, or shut them down permanently however that uh, plays out. So does it annihilate the planet like Alderaan or Jeddah, or more Alderaan, but or Jeddah? No, but it destroys what Kamino is. It's their export. That's what they are. That's what that's their purpose in the galaxy is. They, are, they were known for their cloning facilities and their experts in that field. Without that, you know, mm. what, 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 mm. what is there for Kamino? Uh, so that that's interesting. That's what I'm so excited to see, dude. About the bad batches, I love a bit of Camino. Me, what's going down there? Where where where? What happens to it post Revenge of the Sith? Again, we don't need to know. Oh, why wasn't it in the original trilogy? Or oh, doesn't matter why it wasn't in there. But I'm just interested to see what happened because it was such a massive part. It is a huge part of lore now. The, the clones have become some of the most popular characters or aspects of Star Wars as a whole, and they started on Camino. So. Um, yeah. It would be good yeah. to know what happened, and like you mentioned on our live stream of Stangroom, that the old Battlefront game kind of dove into that. But canonically, we haven't got any. But I think what you said there, but buddy, pretty much nailed it. Yeah, that's it, man. That's it. It's a great question, uh, and I'd love to see the destruction of Camino. And I, we could see that in Bad Batch because that is Omega's home. Yeah. yeah, so that could be that could be a very interesting story arc. You know, seeing her her home just absolutely obliterated. Imagine that; that'd be heartbreaking. You know, seeing I don't little, want to see it. I love Camino. Lass, repli- like seeing that. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be crazy. Yeah. Um, cracking question there, Georgie boy. Uh, and lastly for this section, uh, Matty boy, we've got a question from Darth Java the Hut. Are getting stuck in with the Patreon yeah. questions. We love to see it. Goes, boys, when do you think Dave Filoni will get to direct a live action Star Wars film? And do you think we will see Jar Jar in the Bad Batch at some point? Um, Matty boy, take us away. 
<laughs> As for Jar Jar and the Bad Batch, uh, do you know what? I'm going to be the contrarian. I love to see Jar Jar, mate. I was so pleased when they ended his story off in uh, that Empire's End book, but with Dave Filoni, he'll probably change that. Um, so I was so glad. I was just glad to see him back. You know, they didn't just think, "Oh, nobody liked him." Apparently, in the prequels, let's never mention him. I'd yeah. love to see Jar Jar come back. This is a way of saying, do you know what? We are counting everything. Will he appear? Probably not. But I right. would like him to. Uh, and as for Filoni, it's whether or not he wants to do a movie or if he's happy in this shorter form live action. Uh, if he directs some more Mandalorian in season three and he crushes it, who knows? He's right in the Ahsoka show. Who's to say that Kathy Kennedy's not going to say, oh, Dave, take your cowboy hat off. You can direct it as well. And they've got mm-hmm. Deborah Chow is directing all of Kenobi, partly on the back of how well she did on The Mandalorian and also on the fact that she's a great director. If Dave Filoni can crush another episode of Mando or behind the scenes can, can put across a uh, compelling vision, maybe he'll direct the Ahsoka series and write it. To me, that seems to be the more the more obvious uh, trajectory for him. A lot of people love the Jedi, as we spoke about um, on our previous episode of uh, covering the Mando. Dave Filoni yeah. obviously gets Ahsoka. He understood what the fans wanted, and he understood that the tone that needed to take. Um, so, to me, I, I would... I can't believe I wouldn't have said this a year or so ago, but I'd rather him direct the Ahsoka series so we know that that series is in the hands of somebody who gets the character yeah. before moving into live action. It's not that he can't do it, but he has only done two episodes of The Mandalorian. One which was fine in season one. Well, man, another one... Oh, two. One, the first episode was, was good. The episode five was fine. But The Jedi was great. So he's shown that you know he's getting better with each time. Yeah. Give yeah. me a Soka series. He gets that character. And then we'll see about a live-action film. That's if he wants to do it, of course. But what about yeah. you, mate? Filoni, Jar Jar... They're very different things, right? TV and film. I've got and, and Jar Jar. Uh, yeah, well, let's do the Jar Jar thing. I'm going to echo what you've said. I would like to see it. I'd love to see Jar Jar appear in, in, in future um, canon, whether that's live action or animated. Yeah, and it, as long as it's on the TV, I'd love to see it. I'd really, really like to see Bring it. Bring back. Uh, do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. I don't think it's mm-hmm. going to happen. Uh, but in regards to uh, Darth Java the Hutt's um, main question here, you know, will, will Dave Filoni direct a live-action Star Wars film? It's interesting because <sighs> TV gives you, in in some ways, so much room to breathe yeah. because you've got the scope of a season or, or a series. And... A film sometimes can feel more cramped. The the irony here is that an episode uh, is is thirty minutes or less usually for the Mandalorian, and uh, a film is best part of three hours. So there's a there's a huge time difference. I would love to see Dave Filoni do something um, eventually in film. I think he needs to train up a little bit more. He's, he, you know, it's like Pokemon. He started off real strong. His Pokemons, they're getting stronger, and he's winning some gym badges, but he needs to beat a few more gyms before he goes to the Ultimate League. I don't know what the name is. I've forgotten. <laughs> Whatever it is. But do you know what I mean? Like, he has to do a few more. I need to see a bit more of his work in live action. But yeah. I tell you something, Darth. It's looking promising. 
it, it it looks real promising. The Jedi chapter thirteen was excellent, and and it was directed beautifully. Uh, the dialogue was fantastic, it wasn't clunky, and we we got some um, just incredible moments in that episode. Some of the best Star Wars we've ever got, we've ever got, and that's mm-hmm. from Dave Filoni. Uh, Dave knows what he's doing. He just needs to be taught. And what I love about Dave Filoni is that he has so much humility. So yeah. much humility. And I think that is going to stand him in good stead for the future in Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's going to happen. I do. But just, it's going to be a while. That's it. Commander Blywalker has said it. He thinks it's going to happen. And I think it will eventually too. But given the Ahsoka series, I'm saying it now. I'm, I'm gone full turn. Given the Ahsoka series... Um, and let us have something special there so uh, everyone let us know your answers to all of those wonderful questions for everyone who sent in uh, responses to our uh, main discussion point thank you so much for that but that is that for this uh, for our time here in the Bantina barman sorry about the mess but we will be back here in these same seats this time again next week It's the Star Wars Sessions Game! Game! Yes, it's the Star Wars (laughs) Sessions every time. Star Wars Sessions Game, we always end off every episode with a Star Wars themed game, obviously, or else it wouldn't be Star Wars Sessions, would it? Luke, do you want to know what you're playing this week? Oh, yes, my boy. I really, really do. Please game me. Yeah, oh, it's going to be so good. <laughs> Dandelorian. Uh, right. This is an Empire Strikes Back theme game. <gasps> we've, I've, I've said many times before, we've never had the perfect game. Since we've started doing games on Star Wars Sessions about oh, 70 episodes ago, we've never had a 100% game. Right. right. No pressure to say that this is it, but this may be one. I need you. I'm going to give you some quotes from The Empire Strikes Back, but I need you to fill in the blanks. So I'm going to give you an incomplete quote, and you've got to tell me what the words are which will complete that quote. Okay. And then, oh, my days. If you can do this, I'm so on bad. Me next time. Uh, just right, straight up, I am so bad at remembering words. Here I'm so go. bad. Like, I'm the sort of guy who has listened to songs his whole life and I still don't know the words to them. Whereas I'll show my mate, like Jake, he'll listen to a song like twice and he knows most of the words. So, oh. right, I'm not, I'm not, don't expect big things, but Matty boy, let's do this. We're going for 100% basically what Luke means. I can remember all the lyrics to I've Got a Little Something For You by M&A. But when I did a disc, this and I do a Star Wars podcast, I couldn't remember any of the quotes. So you're quite safe. So... <laughs> Here we go. DJ, spin that beat. You ready, Luke? Let's do it, mate. Let's do this. Come on. Okay. There isn't enough life on this blank blank to fill a space cruiser. On this blank blank. There isn't enough life on this blank blank to fill a space cruiser. Oh, that's um, Han, right? Uh, it is Han, yep. And he's on Hoth. Yep. Yeah. I can I can picture it. Uh, it's something ice, ice yep. tray. There is there is enough life on this ice, ice something ice, to fill a space cruiser. Ice, ice baby. 
Ice cube. Yes. Ice cube. It is. Yes. One in the bag. There isn't enough life on this ice cube to fill a space cruiser. Right. Next one, my friend. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. A blank blank's not easy, not an easy thing to live with. A blank blank's not an easy thing to live with. What? Yep. What? Say it again. A blank blank is not an easy thing to live with. Who says that? <laughs> I could give you the name. General, General Riken says it. <gasps> right. Okay. General Blyken. Uh, General pun for our Australian listeners. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We got an email saying, "Don't." Uh, we love the bly puns. <laughs> my boy Matthew, who, who come That's for the it. Star Wars, he stays for the bly puns. So there you go. That one's for you, mate. Right? Do you know what? I don't know. What is it? The the blank blank. Uh, a blank blanks. Not an easy oh. thing to live with. Oh, bro. I don't know. What does he say? A. I, yeah, go on. I, I pass, pass, go on. <clears throat> a death mark's not an easy thing to live with. Ah, right. When uh, no, Hoth Solo's doesn't... leaving Hoth to uh, that... go and pay Jabberoff. Really? Yep. Mm. Oh, that does sound familiar. But no, I w- yeah, I'm never going to get that. Never going to okay. get it. Sorry, sorry, guys. That There we go. Clean slate, ruined. But come on, let's keep going. There's <laughs> well, always next week. Okay, next one. Here we go. <clears throat> I don't know where you get your blank laser brain. I don't know where you get your blank laser brain. I know it's layer. I don't know where you get your your damn it. I know this. <laughs> I know it. I don't know where you get your no voice. Your, your what? What did you say? No deep boy. Yeah, no deep boy. No. No tea boy, no tea boy. I don't know where you get your. Let me have a bit of let me. Right, let me have a bit of Elvis juice from Brewdog. This all I'm gonna smash the rest of the can. Right. Mm. Go on, sunshine. Right, I've just smashed that. Right, I don't know where you get your. It's not thoughts. Yeah, it's kind of it's um kind of on the. It's I know it. It's um. I, I don't know where you get your delusions. Yeah, that's it. Laser brain. Laser I don't brain. know where you get your delusions. Laser brain. That's it. Of course. Right. Uh, our, our princess talking to Han. Um, okay. Carrie Next Fisher one. smashes that. Yeah, yeah go she, on. She, she right. was laughing now, wasn't she? Um, Brilliant. Okay. <clears throat> our first blank of the day. Our first blank of the day. It's an imperial <laughs> officer. Oh, it's an imperial, says it. Yep. Our first blank of the day. Yep. When is that? Like, is it when... Is it in space? Yes. It is in space, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, I think I know it. I, our... What is it again? Our first blank of the day. Our first catch of the day. That's it. Our first catch of the day. That's it. So we've got yeah. three. Is that three out of four now? I think so. I've got one wrong. I think. Yep. If okay. only I got that second one. Back. <laughs> well, here we go. Next oh. one. Go on. You, you like me because I'm a blank. <laughs> you like me. Insert word there. 
you like me because I'm a blank. Oh no, that's um. Hmm, that is you like me. That's not Luke. This is the thing because uh, Empire's so character driven. You can kind of almost do a process of annihilation on the characters and end up. It, it, you end up your memory just kind of like unravels everything. Mm-hmm. So that's Han, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is hard. You like me because I'm a blank. Yeah. Scoundrel. Scoundrel. You like me because I'm a yeah. scoundrel. That's it. Han Solo in the corner of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, boy! Oh, no. Okay, so the uh, the next one. Luminous beings we are. Not this blank matter. Crude. Yeah, that's the easy one. There we go. I love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, Yoda. Yoda diddles. We love it. That's it. Uh, next one. I'm standing here in pieces and you're having blanks of grandeur. It it's ob- it feels like it's obvious. Yeah. Is it obvious? Yeah, you have to tell me. It well the expression is delusions, isn't it? You gonna go with that? I don't remember what it is. What is the line again? Say it, say it again. Uh, I'm standing here that? in pieces and you're having blanks of grandeur. Who says that? Uh, C3PO says that. Does he? Yeah. I'm standing here in... What pieces? In pieces, right. Oh, right. It's when he's on the back of Chewie. Um, yeah, well, I don't know any other expression. I think it's delusions, I, I, I suppose, unless it's a Star Warsism. But like, you're not confident. Mine's gone blank. I'm not at all. But I'm only going off of if it weren't of the of grandeur, I wouldn't know what you're going on about. I wouldn't know. Yeah, I'm going to go with delusions. You'd be right in going with your gut, man. It is delusions. Oh, delusions what? of grandeur. This is so. This is so annoying. I got that one wrong at the start. <laughs> yep, you so, almost had it, mate. You almost oh had it. You got two more days. Okay. okay, penultimate one. He is as blank as he is stupid. He is as. Oh, what is that? He is as. Who says? Does Leia say that? Uh, Darth Vader says it. No. See, I, as well, do you know what? If you weren't giving me the uh, character tips, I don't know if I'd be getting these, you know. <laughs> I shouldn't honestly, o- honestly. <laughs> he is as... Um, daft? Daft. He is as daft as he... No, Dave, he doesn't say that. Daft saying daft. daft I don't know, mate. Daft, daft... No, I don't know this one, I don't think. Nope. Go the on. line is, uh, he is as clumsy as he is stupid. After killing uh, Admiral Rosal. Yeah, after choking the guy, Skype yep. choking. As clumsy as he is stupid. Uh, All right, fair enough. Well, Last one, mate. Go on, mate. Last, uh, last one, where is it? I just as soon blank a Wookiee. I just as soon blank a Wookiee. Hmm. Is that a Wookiee? <laughs> is that a Wookiee? <gasps> I'll just as soon blank a Wookiee. 
<laughs> Who says that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I said that, but yeah. <laughs> I don't, uh, that is said by our princess. Leia says that. Yeah. Uh, I'd just assume... Uh, oh, she's talking to Han, right? They're arguing. Yep. yep. I'd just assume... Go with no, it's one word, right? It's uh, one, one word. I'd just as soon blank a Wookiee. I'd just as soon kiss a Wookiee. You find answer? I think so. That's what my gut says. After a lot of help from you, <laughs> <laughs> you're okay, going okay. if you go, and you'd be right to. I'd just as soon kiss a Wookiee, and then Man. Han rather strangely problematically shouts back, You could use a good kiss. Um, so yes. <laughs> Leia would rather kiss a Wookiee than Han, which Ooh. turns out to be an empty threat. So, Lukey oh, Boy got uh, two wrong there. So, I don't know what that was. Seven out of nine, maybe. So, that was a heck oh, of an effort, mate, man. We'll, we'll roll with it. That's ridiculous. I would never have guessed I would have got those, to be honest. But I did get the help with the characters, like I said. So, appreciate that, buddy. That's all right. For you, you can get a very special... <laughs> for the effort. But, uh, yeah, nice one, mate. But that does round up. This week's episode of Star Wars Sessions, 114. That is that. But the fun doesn't end there. No one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? They can find us at starwarssessions.co.uk. Search for us on social media, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, the lot, YouTube. Well, we're on everything. Just search Star Wars Sessions and we will be there drop us a voice note or an email we love getting messages uh send them to hello there at starwarsessions.co.uk and don't forget about that patreon guys patreon.com forward slash star wars sessions yeah we're on anchor fm spotify apple Podcasts, stitcher tune in amazon podcasts if we're in the galaxy you can find a podcast you'll find us there and if you love our show please consider leaving us a good review on your podcast provider of choice and head on over to podtracer.com. It's the IMDB for podcasts. It's awesome. We're there. So if you could drop us that review, that five-star review over there, it would really mean the world to us. It helps us grow, helps us get more listeners in, which means we get to speak to more of you wonderful people each and every week. And please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell your blank, tell your Ewok, tell your cousin, (laughs) the more the merrier, the castle spicier. Tell General Blyken that this is a podcast you're looking for. So until next time, from me, see ya, and from Luke. May the force be with you, always. Luke! Luke! Uh, <laughs> I forgot <laughs> those spoonerisms. I'm just doing a water noise. Uh, <laughs> like Sorry, water. next week. <laughs> they are Essex based podcast heroes.
love you. Tell that to Country Club.